Anybody got the victory? (laughs) That was a little weak. Praise God. Now I've got my notes on a new thing and I hope it works. If it doesn't, we might be in trouble. (laughs) Okay, I can't get it on. Maybe you can help me, Scarlett. Get it back on. (laughs) We're all depending on Scarlett. <laughs> I think <laughs> this is the Bible. The Bible's on here. <laughs> I don't know it died. I had this feeling it would happen. Praise God. Well, open your Bibles. <laughs> it's, uh, Stephen Jobs failed us. <laughs> uh, to Exodus, amen. Praise the Lord. You know, oh, you got it. Great. Thank you. (laughs) Yay. See, where there's a will, there's a way, and somebody that knows what they're doing, and it's not me. I'm from, uh, I'm from prehistoric technological era. (laughs) We just, I was barely born after they stopped cranking car front ends or something with a hand crank, you know. Um, turn, yeah, turn to Exodus twenty twelve, Amen. And uh, thank you, Jamie. Exodus twenty twelve. Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to tell you some things about Mother's Day. First of all, Mother's Day is you won't find it in the Bible. This is not a. This is not necessarily started out as a quote unquote Christian holiday that was in the Bible and commanded to do it. Uh, we're actually, we're not commanded to really do any holidays. We, uh, just have things that we pick out that we celebrate. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong at all in celebrating life. Amen. We, but you know, you can find the Christmas story in the Bible and you can find the Easter story in the Bible. Not so much the Mother's Day story. Uh, except for in scripture and some things that the Bible does tell us about. M- Mothers and motherhood and those things. Uh, it's funny, Brother Hagan talked about that his best Mother's Day message that he never preached it his entire his entire ministry. He 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 had prepared it. He was going to preach it, and uh, for whatever reason, he got up to preach on that Sunday morning, and they'd had songs about mother. Uh, they had, you know, some, some tearjerker songs about mother. Uh, will mother know me there? It's like, what? Is she demented in heaven? I don't know why we would ever sing that. Uh, she lost her mind in heaven. She doesn't know me. Hi, mom. Remember me? I don't. I don't remember you. I mean, what a ridiculous song when you think about it, but it sure brings the tears. And then, you know, uh, if I could hear my mother pray again, that's not so bad. That's kind of sweet. But you know, there's there's a lot of stuff about mothers. Anyway, they're doing all the assemblies of God mother things that mothers that they did, and then a uh, poem reading. You know, uh, they had a poem about mother. They had quotes by Abraham Lincoln, what he said about mother and mothering. And the Lord says to Kenneth Hagin, "I want you to have a healing service." He said, "A healing service. It's Mother's Day." And he told the Lord, I don't know if you're not here in the service, 
But they sang all the songs about mother. They've cried tears and used up Kleenexes about mother. They've passed out flowers. They've done the flowers for the oldest mother, the mother with the most children. The da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, all about mother. Abraham Lincoln has been quoted about mother. And now you're going to have a healing service. The Lord said, uh, Brother Hagin said, well, we'll do it tonight. Sunday night we'll have a healing service. He said, no, I want you to have it this morning. I want to move some people here. I want to heal. So he got up and apologized. He said, well, I had a Mother's Day message. You can see I have my notes. But he said, um, the Lord said to have a healing service. And he said, I never had another opportunity to preach that Mother's Day message. And as far as we know, Kenneth Hagin never preached it. Anyway, I do have a Mother's Day message for you, in case you're wondering. Hallelujah. (laughs) But Mother's Day is not necessarily sanctioned by the Lord. It actually was an idea from Hallmark Card Company, uh, and I think it's worked very well for them. But nonetheless, it is a great day that we set aside every year to honor mothers, amen, that we honor fathers. Now, you know, I've, I've, I've done some research on Father's Day messages Mother's Day messages are typically, you know, kind of schmaltzy, if you know what I mean, you know, all of flowers and mama. And then Father's Day messages are usually a rebuke to men about what crummy fathers they really are and uh, how they need to straighten up and act better. So, you know, men tend to cringe at Father's Day because you don't know if you're going to get hit over the head or not. So uh, these are just interesting things to, that I've observed through the years of being in church. I've often said I've been in. I, I was I was literally almost born on the pew. I suppose the health department would frown at that. But um, you know, the next Sunday after I was born, I was on the pew, and I've been on the pew ever since. And I've said I don't don't hold anything against me what I might say behind the pulpit. I've been in church my whole life, and it's affected my mind. Okay, okay. That, that could be taken either way, right? Have you found Exodus? It's not in the New Testament if you're looking. All right, Exodus 20:12. Now, this message is called "Things My Mother Taught Me" that I thought I'd pass along to you. How many like to hear some things my mother, my Jerry Horton, taught me? So that's what I'm going to preach on today. A little different flow for me, but I, I felt like it was from the Lord. All right. First scripture, our, our really our main scripture today is Exodus 2012. It says, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And so we get an idea that it's the, again, it's the first commandment with promise is to honor our mother and father. You know, I think there's there's been so much uh influence from our culture, uh the the world's culture on young people to to challenge authority. And sometimes that's appropriate, you know, if authority seems to be going the wrong way, things aren't working out right and you know, society can get brutal and mean, then it's, you know, it's time to challenge some things. But we can always challenge with honor. Amen? You know, I, I, uh, one of the things that my parents both taught me was number one, 
is to respect, have respect and honor. Amen? So even if I disagreed with my school teacher, I still had to respect her. Even if I disagreed with the principal at the school, I had to respect him. Even if I disagreed with something that a police officer was confronting me with, I still had to show honor and show respect and use terms like yes, sir, and no, ma'am. And uh, in the South, we really got told yes, sir, and no, ma'am. And, uh, you know, there's a period of time when you're maybe a teenager or whatever, you're going through life and, you know, you resent some of those things. But I think the older that we get, the more we see how important they are. Amen? And so honor begins at home, and uh, it, it's uh, mother's place and father's place to teach that honor in the home and to show to teach respect. I tell you, I, I remember a few years ago, many years ago, 20-something, 25, 30 years ago, I remember my wife and I would be in the mall in Tulsa, praise the Lord, and um, uh, the holy city with a flame on top. Um and I know that uh, we would be in the shopping mall, and, and I noticed it back then, you know, like almost 30 years ago, I, you would hear uh, children talking back to their parents in ways that I it was foreign to me. And I thought, my goodness, you know, just some child having a fit at the Gap store, you know, they're... Their, their mother, you know, is gonna, their mother's got the money, you know, the credit card, and is standing there gonna buy this child some clothing, and the child is pitching a fit and calling her names and, and everything else, and I thought that would have not worked once with me. I mean, I, you know, I don't know what would have happened. I would have probably got a, a double portion of the glory when I, one in the parking lot and another one at home. And uh, it would be, you know, it would have been a cold day in hell before my mother would have whipped the credit card back out to buy me anything acting that way. But I, did, I started noticing a breakdown in our society and in our culture of, uh, of, of behavior like that. Until now we're seeing, uh, you know, the results of it. Uh, in, in, on, on the street. And, um, I will, I'm grateful. Again, things my mother taught me. My mother taught me I'd come home from school and I would be mad at my teacher or mad at the Sunday school teacher or whoever else was an authority in my life. And, and she would say, well, you can disagree with their decision. You, you don't have to, you know, we're not trying to brainwash you here to agree with everything, but you can show honor and respect. Uh, while you disagree. Amen. And I also learned that you don't always, it's not always wise to just verbalize your disagreement. Pick what hill you're going to die on, as some, as some people say, right? In other words, if you fight every battle, you're going to just be contentious and, uh, end up in trouble. And so you, you pick what is really important. And most stuff's not all that important. Amen. And uh, what it did, I don't realize, I didn't realize the results of that, but what it did is it ministered peace to me, amen? Even as a kid, I didn't have to be in turmoil. Praise the Lord. The other thing she taught me is walk in love. Uh, the, the Bible has a lot to say about that. We could do a whole seminar on walking in love. 
First Corinthians 13, uh, especially in the Amplified, gives us a picture of what God's love is. Now that thing's been taught as if, you know, this is what you should try, try to attain to. We don't have to try to attain to it. If we'll just tap into God's love that's been sown abroad in our heart, we'll walk in love. Amen? So my mother taught me, thing, again, things my mother taught me. She taught me to walk in love, forgive quickly, and don't hate. Now, this is interesting because my mother was pretty quick-tempered. Is pretty quick-tempered. Her birthday's in two days. She'll be 91. Praise the Lord. <laughs> You know, the last time that she was down here visiting, and then some things happened in our life that we had to um, cut her visit short, but one of the things that my sister called me on the phone, and she said, I need you to bring mother to Florida for a while, because uh, I'm, cause my, sister, my mother lives with my sister. She says, I need you to bring mother to Florida, because I've got I've got some trips to make and some things to do, you know, and she doesn't need to be alone. So if you know, maybe we could we could arrange a rendezvous and get mother to you. She said, but she said she doesn't want to go. She doesn't want to travel. I'm, I'm I'm having a hard time getting her to come. I said, I know what to say to her. Give me give me the phone. So she gives me I you know put her on the phone. I said, mother, I need a piano player at church. She says, I'll be there. <laughs> if I gave her a little purpose, she, <laughs> I'd make her feel guilty for not, not, uh, working for the Lord. So, remember that if nothing else works, if the Word doesn't work, if prayer doesn't work, just use guilt. It always works. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> All right. I think the church figured that one out a few years back too, doesn't it? Can't get people to act right, I'll just scare them to death. Hallelujah. Walk in love. Forgive quickly. That, I was going to say, it was a funny thing about that with my mother, and I hope she's watching today, is that she's pretty quick-tempered, you know, and, and uh, can can be have a spicy tongue. And and uh, she had to do it. She said that she searched the Scripture. This is my mother years ago. She says, I searched the Scriptures from end to end, you know, from from King James' introduction to maps. And everything in between. That's the whole Bible. The index. And I couldn't find one scripture to stand on to hate somebody and hold a grudge. She says, I tried to find one I could stand on. Because she said, I had a whole list of people I wanted to hold a grudge against. She says, being honest, you know. And uh, so she said, I couldn't find one. So now I have to forgive people. I, it wasn't like enthusiastically forgive them either. It was like, I have to do this, or I'm in trouble with God, and my prayers won't go through, and my faith won't work. So every now and then, my mother would say, okay, don't bother me for two hours. i got to go get this off me. I love that. She said, I have to go pray and get this off me. I said, what? Well, that thing that happened with sister so-and-so, you know, or whatever. i got to get it off me. I can't have this on me. That's something my mother taught me by example. You know what? It's not worth it to have something on you from something that happened. Somebody else. I'm going to have a grudge. I'm going to be. You can see when people are offended. They just, you know, they just have an attitude. It's, you know, pursed lips and, you know, they suddenly look like a gecko. Face comes out to a point. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> it's just really better to, it's just really better to not be offended. Amen. And, uh, my mother would get stuff off of her. If you know what, how many know what I mean by that? Get it off of you. Get it off of her by just praying. She'd just go seek the Lord and pray. The Lord would give her the faith and the courage to forgive because sometimes you don't want to. It's more fun to hold a grudge. But I tell you, that grudge holding has a price to pay. It'll affect your spirit. It'll affect your soul. It'll affect your mind. It'll affect your health. And uh, <laughs> there was this guy in our church. He's gone on to be with the Lord. But there was this man in our church uh, in uh, Alabama years ago. And he had been involved in a very vicious lawsuit uh, involving a few million dollars. And he lost the lawsuit and lost the money. And so he had the cassette tape of the, of the, um, what do you call it? The deposition. The deposition was taped of the guy that, you know, he was, that was involved in the suit. And, uh, so he had the cassette tape of the deposition and he had the paperwork, you know, uh, the, the transcript of it. And it was all rubber banded in this big bundle. And he kept it in his top desk drawer at his office. And this one fellow in the church said he went to him and this guy could really be uptight. He says he opened that drawer and pulled it out and he goes, every time I listen to this, it makes my blood boil. Now this is a spirit-filled believer. Word of faith. Every time I listen to these lies, it makes my blood boil. <laughs> the other guy said, well maybe you should stop listening to that. <laughs> you know, at some point you have to stop rehearsing it. You have to stop telling the story of who lied to you and mistreated you and cheated you and all those people in that town and that state and that place and blah, 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 blah. We've all, we've all done it. But, uh, my mother taught me that you have to forgive and stop talking about it. Well, that's a big shouter one, ain't it? Everybody loves that. Run down the aisle and flop in the floor. My mother taught me to live by faith. The Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. Live by faith and depend on God. Now that's an interesting thing to learn in a family. You know, my dad's a Pentecostal pastor. Never had a lot of money. But just because that there wasn't any money in the account didn't mean you couldn't believe God for it. And you know, most people, I'm telling you, the majority of people, they live by their what they can see. Well, if we'd have tried to live by what we could see, we would have barely made it. But my folks, my mother, I'll never forget, she was she taught again, she taught us by example uh how to trust God. So they needed a new, I was telling Scarlett this story the other day, they needed a new car. And uh, my dad, who was typical male, Mr. Fix-It, anything Jerry said she needed, he'd try to fix it. And she'd say, now Doc, don't you try to fix it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe God. I'm going to put my faith to work. Well, she believed God. There was a certain car she wanted. She wanted a Cadillac. 
And, uh, you know, they're, how many know they've always been kind of expensive? And, uh, this was back when they were like real cars. I don't know what they are now, but, you know, they've smashed them. But they used to be really long and big and kind of statement making. Well, this is years ago and she wanted a Cadillac and my dad said, well, Jerry, you know, those are kind of, ex-. my dad was always <laughs> Mr. Practical. Well, Jerry, they're kind of expensive, you know, I don't know. She said, did I ask you to try to figure it out, how to pay it, how to get it, what to do? No. She said, I, just, just leave me alone and let me believe God. I'll believe it in. She finally would tell my dad, don't even try to have faith, just, just stay neutral. Because he'd get his head involved, you know, trying to fi- make his wife happy and figure it out, like most men do. So anyway, here's here's my dad. He One day he came home. This was in Tulsa, in Broken Arrow. He's at, teaching at Rama. He comes home and he says, Jerry, I got a car out here in the driveway I want you to look at. Now, this, this is my mother taught us how to trust God. This is a car I want you to look at. She says, is it a Cadillac? He said, no. It's a Buick. She said, I'm not even going to look at it. He goes, it's a nice car. It's a Park Avenue. It's, you know, it's like a year old. The bank took it back. You know, somebody lost it. And the, I talked to the banker. He said he'd make us a deal, make it real easy to get. She goes, I'm not even going to look at it. Oh, come on. Get in it right, right around the block. No. I told God Cadillac, and that ain't got Cadillac on it. I'm telling you, you, you watch your mama. If you got a faith mama, I'm telling you, they'll teach you a lot. Says, well, my dad was just so frustrated. Well, Jerry, I think that's ridiculous. This is a nice car. This would work. We need a car. Let's get this Buick. No, it's not a Cadillac. I don't want a Buick. So he had to take it back with, you know, to the bank, turn the keys in. My wife won't even look at it. The banker thought she was crazy, too. Well, what's wrong with her? Well, she wants a Cadillac. Well, they cost more money. She don't care what it costs, she said. She ain't going to pay for it anyway. God's going to give it to her. My dad, I don't know how that's going to happen. She said, you don't have to know how it's going to happen. Just go with her. Well, go along with this. So one day, he's at, he's at Rama. You know, he's a teacher. And there's these students. They're from uh, California, the Napa Valley. Pretty well-off folks. They were at Rama and going through the classes. One day they said, "We'd like to take you to lunch." So he gets to lunch and there's he. They've got this beautiful Cadillac, baby blue. Mother wanted a baby blue one. Maybe that's she told the Lord the color and everything. Baby blue, sky blue with white leather seats and a white vinyl top. Praise the Lord. So he gets in this baby blue Cadillac with white leather seats and white vinyl top. And they take him to lunch. And after lunch, they said, do you like this car? And uh, my dad said, well, sure. Who wouldn't like this car? It's a beautiful car. And they said, do you think your wife would like this car? He says, oh, I, my wife would go crazy over this car. They said, well, good, because the Lord spoke to us that she's believing God for this car, this color. And it's extra for us. So here's the keys and here's the title. Signed over to your name. So my dad gets in it. 
drives it home. Hollers down in the kitchen, whether it lived in the kitchen, and said, Jerry, I got a car out here I want you to look at. She says, is it a Cadillac? <laughs> he said, you're going to just come look at it. <laughs> Don't ask any more questions. Well, she comes out there and there it is. Her, her faith manifested. Amen. So you know what she did? She hit my dad on the shoulder and said, see, I told you if you'd let me believe God, we'd get what we need, you know. Amen. And my dad says, I don't know why I ever argue with you. I don't know. Live by faith. Depend on God. People are taught by the world. Depend on your paycheck. Depend on what you can see. Depend on your savings. Depend on just what you can see. But mother taught me depend on God. Said God's got more than you'll ever have. God's got more than you'll ever need. Amen. Just because you can't afford it doesn't mean you can't have it. (laughs) Glory to God. That doesn't mean go in debt and get in trouble and write faith checks and weird stuff like that. Um, But it does mean that you can trust God and He can make a way. Amen. Mother taught me that Jesus is our healer. Now, we weren't, our family growing up, we weren't anti-medicine or anti-God with uh, um, either way, you know. We believed in God. Some people don't believe in God at all. It's amazing you're around people that don't have any faith whatsoever in prayer. Faith at all in the Word. So we were, of course, heavy on that side. My mother had been healed, you know, at age 22 of terminal cancer. She had a metastasized melanoma all over her body. They can't do much with that. Not Even now, they can't do a lot with that. And uh, they told her, you've got about six weeks to live. And uh, like I said, today she celebrates her 91st birthday. And she received whatever treatments, or didn't want much, help that they could give some surgery and uh, our, her attitude was, we respect doctors. We thank God for what they can do. We, they come sometimes can help you, right? They can relieve suffering. They can prolong your life. But we never experienced in our home discouragement if the doctor said there's nothing more we can do. There wasn't this feeling of, well, I don't know what I'm going to do now because they don't have a medicine, they don't have a surgery, and they don't have a treatment. Oh, I guess we're just, you know, toast here. And that's a lot of homes have that spirit about them. They just, they don't know what to do. But in our home, thank God, my mother, who had experienced a miracle healing, very young, we'd go to the doctor and she would say, now David, whatever the doctor says, you know, we're going to follow it as best we can. But she said, you know, if they can't help us, then praise God, we're going to believe God. We know who can. I was taught Jesus is our healer. And again, I was taught God is our supply. Hallelujah. Uh, not our, again, not our, I already said that, but bears repeating. And it's not our, what we can see in our hand. 
but it's what we can see in our heart. <laughs> Glory to God. You know that makes all things possible to you, your life. You don't have to squelch your dreams because you're depending on, well, I earn this much per year. This is my salary. This is where I have to live. This is my level. No. Sky's the limit. Take the take the brakes off. Take the ceiling off. Amen. Trust God. You really can't help your desire. I believe God puts a lot of desires in our hearts to fulfill the purpose that he has for us in this world. But whatever your desire is, as long as it's godly, if it's ungodly, you need to pray that off, off of you but, and out of you. But a godly desire, amen, something that's holy, something that's in the scripture, you can, you can, uh, have that, amen, and not have to depend on, again, what you see we were taught God is our supply. Here's another one. My mother taught me, this is my story and my mother, so you can't throw stones at it, right? My mother taught me that tithing is as normal as brushing teeth. Uh, I remember that, you know, like the first dollar I ever got from grandma. <laughs> Here's a dollar for you. Praise the Lord. Used to could actually get like something with that dollar. Now it doesn't do much. But anyway, you know, grandma would give you a dollar or, you know, uh, sometimes a silver dollar. And, uh, my mother taught me from the first time I ever remember receiving money, that a dime of that belongs to God. And you know what? It just became normal to me. It's like if I would get my paycheck, I wouldn't say, oh, good, I've got my paycheck. This is all mine. I can do thus and so. I would get it and say, okay, how much is I'd have to calculate? How much is mine? And how much belongs to God? It belonged to God. It wasn't like I was giving it to God. It belonged to him. It's his money. The tithe is holy unto the Lord, and to me it's always that. And you can throw all, you can bring a pallet load of books and, and try to convince me that tithing is not New Testament, and I don't even care. You can burn your books. I don't care. Because to me, it's something that I was taught, and it's something that is holy, and it's something that makes sense economically to the work of God. How's a church or a ministry or anything else supposed to move forward without any money? It can't. That's ridiculous. You can't run a snow cone stand without money. So come on, you know. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't want to do it, fine, don't do it. I don't have to do it. Well, you don't have to. In Florida, you don't have to wear clothes. But it's a blessing to everyone else if you do, usually. Very few people are attractive naked. Just saying. So, uh, especially out at the mall or somewhere. You know, I found out that the city that I live in, Landa Lakes, is the nudist capital of America. I didn't know that when we moved there, we might have chose somewhere else. But anyway, whatever that's worth, praise the Lord. I'm thinking, you know, you could, you could, you know, living in one of those neighborhoods, you could like go blind or something, I think, you know. Like it could scar you and mess you up. 
Because, you know, I've been to the beach, and I'm telling you, you know, most people, you know, the people that wear the skimpiest swimsuits and stuff really shouldn't. Someone should tap them on the shoulder and say, let me do you a favor. Cover up. We don't want to see everything you've eaten over the last 40 years, you know. And then, you know, people that might could get by with a little less, they, they, you know, maybe rather more modest. But I tell you, whoo, Lord. I don't know why I got onto that. Just came. It was inspiration. Hallelujah. Uh, like I, oh, talking about having to tithe. You know, these things that we have in our Christian Christian disciplines, like attending church, prayer, Bible reading, confession, tithing, giving, helping, loving, for you know all these things that we do, are a blessing. It's not like, well, I have to forgive you. I've had people say that to me. I have to forgive you, or my faith won't work. And it's like, oh, thank you, Mormon fuzzies, back to you too. It's, it's I just feel great now. That was word of faith, people. Boy, they just, they'd say, turn to your neighbor and sing, I love you with the love of the Lord. You know, and you get this person that's just glaring at you. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. You know, and you're going like, oh, oh, I feel so much better now. I'm glad I came to church and sat by you. How lucky. Yeah. I think one of the best things, this is wrapping up here, one of the best things that I heard from my mother was that you can hear from God. And I would have, you know, when you're when you're small, you know, your mother has to tell you how to do everything, keep you from hurting yourself and others. But... uh you know, as I began to grow up and, you know, into teenage years and making into adulthood, making decisions, I'd say to my mother, I don't know what to do. She never said, well, here's what you're going to do. She'd always say, well, yes, you do. You do know what to do. You just got to listen to the Spirit. You got to listen to God. Listen to what God is saying to you. And taught me a valuable tool that I can hear from God. I didn't have to go, you, you know, some people try to use their pastor or whatever, almost like a psychic or some kind of a guru. You know, I'm going to, you know, get them to tell me what to do. And then there's these weird groups that have, you know, we, I don't know if you remember the shepherding movement, but it was, it was pretty bad. It was back in the 70s and had charismatic leaders. They happened to all be from Florida. Fort Lauderdale, to be exact. And uh, they started a movement where they were literally telling people what to eat, who they could or couldn't marry, uh, if they should buy a new pair of shoes or not. It, it, it got from seeking pastoral advice and maybe a word from the Lord all the way to control. That's that's called a cult, is what that is called. And uh, 
I'm telling you, you can hear from God. Sometimes you'll want the pastor to confirm what you're hearing, and that's fine as long as the Spirit of God's in it, you know. I remember Brother Hagen, boy, boy, you're talking about somebody that was sought after for a word. It was him to the point that he had to literally run from the back of the stage and security had to shove him in the car for the people in the back alley chanting, give me a word, give me a word, give me a word. It's craziness. Charismatic wacko land. And I'd never been around charismatics. I grew up Pentecostal. We're pretty straightforward, but the charismatics were always floating in and floating out and, you know, You know, I don't know if you've ever been to one of those warfare churches where they had the streamers and banners and and everything. And and it was, you know, we're doing warfare for an hour and 45 minutes before the preacher got to preach. And one of the things that I noticed about the warfare people is that they were always pointing to the ceiling and calling the demons down. And I said, no wonder you got problems. Your demons are not up on top of your head. They're under your feet. The devil's under our feet. He's not up above us. But then they'd shake these streamers and, you know, pom-poms and things at the devil. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, the devil, you know, it's like going to the, going to the devil. I have a streamer and I know how to use it. You know, I'm telling you, that's, it's, it's African witchcraft is what that becomes, where you have a, chicken foot on a stick with some bells and things hanging down and going, yeah, 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 yeah. Like you could find in East Africa. So uh, anyway, uh, folks will try to use their spiritual leader, so to speak, as in place of the Holy Spirit. And that's not God's will. It's not right. You know, if you come tell me what should we do, I'll usually say, well, what, what, what would the Lord, I might give you some natural common sense advice on something. But outside of that, should I marry Sylvia? Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, what's the Lord telling you? What does the Lord say about it? What's your heart? See, seek the Lord for the answers. Amen. Hear from God. I think that's the the greatest thing. I saved the best for last. Hear from God. Listen to God. What's God telling you? Should I buy this house? That's my mother. Well, what's the Lord say? What when you walk in it? When you're viewing it? What do you feel on the inside? What's the what's what? Do you feel like it's yours? Is it something jumping or something flat? What's happening? Amen. And then you can you can avoid a lot of mistakes that way. And so I say Happy Mother's Day to my mother. I thank God. These are just little practical things I thought I'd share with you today about things my mother taught me. You know, everybody can look to their mother, even if their mother wasn't a believer or whatever. They, there's something that they can, I think, look to and say, I'm grateful for it. Amen? And thanking God for it. Uh, I want to pray a prayer is what I want to do here at the end uh, for uh, uh, mothers. And uh, somebody said, well, everybody can relate to Mother's Day because even if you if you are not a mother, you have one. 
I don't care if you thought, if you think you're an alien, have landed from another planet, I've got bad news, you're not. You might need counseling, but you know, you're not an alien. Alright, let's pray for Mother's Father in Jesus' name. We thank you for this day that we use to celebrate and to commemorate Mother's Day. Lord, I thank you that even those, maybe someone's here or watching uh, more likely on, on uh, uh, the internet who says, well, I didn't honor my mother I, and I haven't honored my father. Or, They're already dead and gone. I, I don't know how to fix that. Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for forgiveness. And Father, when we enter into that forgiveness and that grace, it's as if we had never sinned. It's as if nothing bad had ever happened and you give us credit as though we honored your word. So for those people, Lord, I pray. Lord, for those that are a mother and perhaps their child is not speaking to them or something is is really estranged in the family. Lord, we hold those mothers and those women and, and fathers up to you. Thank you for touching their hearts, healing those wounds, and also bringing together families at this time and this hour. We need families to be together, not divided. And Lord, I thank you for that spirit of unity and peace and victory. And um, we give you glory and honor. We thank you. We're all grateful and thankful for our mothers. And we thank you, Lord, for your anointing and blessing on their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and thank God today for this service, for the word, for a word of encouragement. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, let's, let's do this. If you're watching online, if you're here in the service, if you need physical healing, put your hand where you're suffering. I'm going to pray, and the Lord's going to touch you. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your healing touch. I thank you for your healing power. I thank you for strength. I thank you for victory. In the name of Jesus, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, systems in the body that need to be reworked and restored. I thank you, Lord, for restoration. I thank you for deliverance. If someone's mind's being messed with or there's demonic um, uh, activity, we take authority over that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your healing miracle touch today in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord.